You are listening to the Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Weekly Business Hour. Thank you for taking time to join us. This is where, well, I used to say Montgomery County comes, but now that we've gotten listeners through our podcast that we distribute every week, uh, literally all over the world, this is where the world or part of the world, hopefully the small business part of the world, comes to hear the latest in business news, ideas to improve their businesses, and be part of a conversation that can make a real difference in your business. And for our live listeners, uh, it's going to be a hot one today. Something I noticed on my way into the studio this morning, they're talking about 95 degrees, which I consider an extreme temperature. And when you have extremes in your temperature and weather, then every business is affected and needs to make adjustments. I mean, just think about it. In the wintertime, it gets cold down in the teens, single digits, even some parts of the world in the country down below zero. Do you as a business person, as a business owner, do you adjust your business for those times? And I'm not talking about just turning on the heat or up in the AC, but do you adjust? Because everyone's affected your employees. If you check it out, you'll find people have trouble getting to work sometimes when it's too hot or too cold. When it's too hot, batteries uh, don't work, uh, radiators overheat, all kinds of things can happen. Uh, And the same is true and more so in cold weather. But what I'm trying to do is challenge you today on the temperature outside and what impact it or the weather in general have on your business. Be prepared. There's some people in the middle part of the country and up east are going to have some storms today, apparently. Are you, the business owners in this part of the country, prepared for the kind of weather? And I'm not talking necessarily about destructive weather, but weather. When it rains all day, it impacts our business. Whether we're manufacturing, we're trying to get shipments out, or we have a storefront and we have a door that's unlocked and open for business, but nobody's on the street because it's raining so much. So consider that when you build your business, when you put your business plan together, consider what you can do in a positive way. Use this as an opportunity, as I like to say, to increase your business. There are things we can do when the temperature outside is too hot or too cold, or the weather in general just doesn't work for most people. Think about it. Make your business more successful. Grow it where it's productive for you and your family. Well, as I mentioned earlier, the weekly business hours where we're going to talk about business. And we're going to do that today. First, before we get started, though, I want to mention that uh, the show today is sponsored by one. That's the number one, bestconsult.com. That's a website. It's a website that I've founded personally. Uh, Try to build a community, a community of like-minded small business people that want some peer-to-peer conversation, often very hard when you're running a business every day. You come in early, you go home late, don't have a lot of time to go out and visit with people and talk to fellow business people and get advice and talk about things they're doing and understanding the general business climate better. We've built a website so that you can come on any time of the day, any day of the week, and you can put a question out there, a challenge that you might have. And there are peer-to-peers other business people around the country that will take up that challenge and attempt to provide you with their side of your issue, their perspective. No cost for this. Now, of course, I'm available as a consultant. We have a professional consulting practice advising, mentoring, 
So please take an opportunity and visit us at one, that's the number one, vestconsult.com. Connect your business with your peers around the country. I want to make a reminder too, as we start uh, to everyone, remind you that the show is broadcast live on YouTube. So just go to the YouTube, the weekly business hour page, you can click on it and you can watch as well as listen to the show. And also during the show, or even after the show, if you've got an idea, comment, uh, even if you have a business question about your own business, please send me an email. I love to get the emails, the comments. I love to respond to people, particularly in their own business situations. Email address, real simple, onebestconsult at gmail.com. So send us an email and let us know what's going on. Well, at this point, sit back, grab your pad and pencil, and get ready to take notes as we talk about everything business right here on the Weekly Business Hour. And today, we're going to have our third and last segment of our interview in the studio earlier this in last month, excuse me, with Hank Moore. Hank Moore is the author, speaker, and mentor. He's joining us in our Soup to Nuts conversation, The Big Picture of Business. You know, Hank is one of the most renowned business speakers, authors, anywhere in the world today. His business tree uh, is a trademark approach to growing, strengthening, and evolving business while mastering change. So I encourage you, listen to Hank's third segment as he and I talk about the big picture of business. The thing I want to touch on briefly, even though we're in great economic times as we sit here, at least in America, that's what we're told and what the statistics bear out, uh, downturns come. It's a function. Mm -hmm. It's always in motion, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. up and down, up and down, or as my dad used to say, like a clock, back and forth, back and forth. Right now, we're in an upturn, but downturns come. Can we just touch on briefly, what lessons should we learn carrying forward and remembering so when the next one comes, as a small business owners, what are some of the key things we need to remember from the downturns of the recent past? That they're always going to keep coming back and that the worst of times bring out the best. One thing you could look at in Hurricane Harvey is that people came together, they supported each other, not just from a, a community nonprofit perspective, but from a business perspective. A lot of businesses helped and mentored other businesses. And it's, it would be nice, you know, it's, it's like every year when it's Christmas, we say, why can't it be Christmas every day? Uh, we say about the the economic downturn, why can't we look at each other as a community of businesses rather than a bunch of competitors that we're out to get? Uh, That's one thing we need to to think about. As I said, the next actual recession is coming in about another five years. I don't think it's going to be as bad as the 2008-2009 because of, at least the economists will say that, that it's not as bad because a lot of safeguards are in place for communities of businesses to help and support each other. If I had to wave a magic wand, I'd like to give some hero awards to local businesses for thinking of each other as a business community. I think it's wonderful when people get active in chambers of commerce and networking groups. We were in a position before events of a couple of years ago where a lot of chambers and networking groups, um, membership was shrinking. Uh, I'm not talking about Conroe. I'm talking about other areas. 
and what happened as a result of people rolling up their sleeves and seeing each other more as a community of businesses that people started getting reinvolved with business networking groups, reinvolved with chambers of commerce. I think that one of the best investments people in business can make is to occasionally reach out your hand and help someone else. None of us are in business to give all of our time and resources away, but when we do, we want to make it count. I would lo love, I've, I've recommended to small businesses to have a little spot in the bottom right-hand corner of their website to pay tribute to their shareholders, to their stakeholders, to their communities. When they do things in the community, it's not bragging if you've really done the good guy work. People like to do business with people they trust. Well, and I think, yes, and that's an important point you make because we're building that trust through the community. But back to what you said, I want to make sure people picked up on that because the idea that you build your place in the community now so that when the downturn occurs, you are connected through a chamber of commerce, through other groups, through other businesses, so you can work with each other and help each other through those times. Well, let me ask you this. It's kind of changed uh, direction a little uh -huh. bit. Uh, businesses go bad. I mean, they just, the business, and we've talked about some of the causes of that today. What are some other reasons that businesses just go bad? Uh, there are about uh, 17 to 20 of them. A lot of times you can you can line them up with those those elements of the, of, of the business tree. They're in the wrong business at the wrong time for the wrong reason. They're underfinanced. They don't have the plant resources and management. Their technology is way beyond uh, out of date. You know, technology is a, is a term that a lot of us embrace. We love it. But technology by itself does not transform business. It's what we do with it. Same thing with training and leadership and those other wonderful programs that unfortunately businesses cut. Uh, one of the other reasons that really makes companies go bad is when they start making systematic cuts in the budget without understanding what they're cutting. What do they cut the most often? Branch four, people. Should be 28% of their emphasis in their business, but what do they cut? They cut the training. They cut the benefits. They cut all the stuff that keeps people loyal to the company. In the current economic environment and low unemployment, that we are enjoying in this country right now, good employees that are going to be loyal to, to company X and company Y and the others are getting fewer and further between. So it's what you do to make the situation where they wouldn't even consider going to work elsewhere. You know, I mean, research will tell you that, or at least it told me that, Com companies whose employees are occasionally allowed to take off work and participate in chamber activities, and that is work. That's part of work. People say, oh, you know, going off and being in a charity fun run on the weekends. That's not work. Yes, it is. It helps you represent your company. Companies that have employees that are allowed to do those things, their productivity and their loyalty according to Harvard Business School, increases two to three times. So what's wrong with giving them a little latitude? 
bigger corporations, and I've set up what we call air apparent programs for mid-managers who will then be aspiring going into the top leadership. In the air apparent program, you make assignments of which charity you're going to work with, how you're going to be visible on the, in the community. I had a client years ago, some people may have heard of, called Texas Commerce Bank, and their chairman, Ben Love, was a friend of mine. And he came to me one time and he said, uh, there's this guy on my staff and he's going to be running the show someday. Would you kind of meet with him and mentor him? And his gift to, to Mark Shapiro was having me there mentor him. And one of the first comments I said was, we need to differentiate you in the community from Ben Love. He's the champion of the arts and education. You need to be the champion of inner city revitalization and this, that, and the other. And I wrote his first three or four speeches that addressed those issues. He grew into the role, and now he's vice chairman of the board of Chase Bank. I, I'd say he's done pretty well. But it's because you saw these strategic resources in the company to, to be the heroes and paved the way for the other people Whereas going back to the crises, when the wrong things are done and people see bad behaviors, that kind of gives them permission to be bad also. You know, we, we all do what we're modeled. We, we, we all aspire to be what our mentors told us or didn't tell us. It's better to tell people the positive stuff. And that's, that's the reason why you do this is to cut the, the losses. You're trying to keep those six coins from stacking up. High cost of doing nothing, by the way, is an average that businesses will spend an average of six times more every year cleaning up problems. Now, if you did a lot of these other things, you keep those coins from stacking up. That's what you're trying to do. It, it has to do with cost savings, time, market share, uh, you know, you're just looking for ways to be a better company. And a better company is going to be more profitable and, and more creative. Which, to me, defines success. You know, so people listening don't think this is all about the big corporations. And, and Hank uses these corporations. Yes, he's addressing their issues. But many times, and I, I've been able to do this myself for myself and my clients, Take the, what happens in a big company and bring it down and, and look at your own small company. Quick story. Last Friday, this past Friday, I'm in a barbershop. Guy who cuts my hair is the owner, and he's got three other people working for him. They were getting ready to close the shop at the end of the day and go to a community event together. And he made a comment, and he says, man, I'm tired. I don't want to, you know, this and that. He was telling me, you know, about it was for raising money for a baseball team, little league sure. team or something. And one of the other barbers, a lady, she overheard what he said. He says, wait a minute, you need to get up for this. This is a company event. And, and he says, well, I wonder, y'all are getting all fixed up, you know, doing their hair and everything because everybody's yeah. left but me. And she reiterated. She says, no, I represent the company. And I'm going to this dinner. It was a dinner and an auction. And he had bought a table and, and took the people to work with and him. And she's now three times better a barber and seen as such by the customers to where she wouldn't consider going somewhere else. And you know that barber and beauty shops are constantly recruiting people with books of business the same way law firms and accounting firms 
create uh, additional uh, revenue stream by going after people that are known from other companies. It's it's just you want we in business want to do work that we're proud. Of. That's the other issue. One of my other chapters in in the book covers the twenty things that people do. Why people work, why they do good work, and money and getting paid for your time is only one of the twenty. The rest have to do with pride and workmanship, association with a company that occasionally does good guy things in the community. Again, none of us are in business to give it all away, but when we do, we want to make it count. And what do we really give away most of the time? Our valuable time and our, and our expertise. You know, I used to serve on boards of nonprofits anymore. I don't do that anymore. I go and speak to and advise those boards so they'll realize how to be better board members. You know, we've all got talents. We all give talents. And as you know, the last time I was on the show a couple of years ago talking about my book, Nonprofit Legends, you know, nonprofits often, and the, what they do, become the face of the company. Certain companies get associated with certain causes, and it's the art and the skill with which they turn it into business. There are people... Uh, in the business community, small businesses uh, in the greater Houston area whose business is benefited because they were so visible during Hurricane Harvey, helping neighbors who turned into customers. Right, and there's a certain element of sincerity in that that you have to produce when you when you do that. But my, my story about the barbershop, I don't want anybody listening to this video cast live presentation and to discount the fact that your business is too small, that in this case, the working owner, three employees, and one of those employees in particular spoke out and said, I care. I am going to be representing the company at this event. So it is important mm -hmm. if you have one employee, particularly one or more, make sure that you've got them right, the right person, the right job, all the things we've talked about today because it does pay off, because they are a public face of your company in particular situations. So let's talk about, Hank, if we can, you talk about change, and we talked about it early on in our first uh, of the series, and how people in general, of course, you and I agree, we don't know the psychological, but people uh, object to change. But I have a business, and I want to grow that business, which means I have to have change. That's just built in. No way to do it otherwise. How can I, as a small business person, how would you recommend that I manage change in the most effective way? For one thing, you have a, you have a part of your plan that deals with the changes. Uh, you know, what a company, one of the biggest problems that a lot of companies have is they're changing too fast situations out there are changing too fast out of their control. You need to be able to manage. Uh, research tells us that 66.7% of companies cannot grow any further than they are now. And so ch unbridled change for the sake of growth, 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 you know, you look at, at companies that have, you know, they've merged with someone else and maybe the merger didn't work out and maybe it was time to spin off. Uh, and, and sometimes you've got to be prepared to change. Uh, I worked with, with uh, some companies that 
were better off as part of a roll-up than they were working together. I had a lot of friends who, during a certain period of time, they're they're in an industry called analytical instruments. You know, every uh, chemical plant is is guided by analytical instruments. And what started happening was chemists who were on staff were creating these technologies, and next thing you know, they were in businesses to provide those to companies that they had retired from working at. And then at some point, we had to realize, and and I had to help make them realize, that their business was no longer making tubes and boxes. It was becoming a consulting organization. And I said to these, these people, they were chemists of the old school, oh, we're scientists, and we tell people how to to utilize our technology. I said, no, they're going to respect you more if you charge them how to do it. I don't think Arthur Anderson gives their work away for free. I don't think that, uh, you know, some of these technology groups, I had been involved with Hewlett Packard in creating their technology arm. And then it got spun off into its own thing. You know, people just need to realize that the growth that you're enjoying is not going to last. It's going to change. And it may get to where it's too much growth and you've got to know when to, to back off, when to, uh, uh, you know, certain mergers aren't going to work. Or occasionally, what products to spin off. One of those analytical companies, we had to realize that we had to split our products into different companies, the ones that had to do with oil and gas and, and liquefaction and all of that became one company, and then everything that had to do with water and downstream flow of all that then became a separate thing. And if we, if and it all started because I said, you guys are too complicated and too big. It's now time to break into smaller companies. And they were kind of relieved getting that advice, you know. And these were not large corporations. A lot of them were mom-and-pop type companies, and it was a relief knowing that maybe it was time to try something different. The change was happening whether they wanted it or not. Right. And part of the change was them being too big, needing to get smaller. Yeah, and I can imagine that is a major, major change, so to speak. One of the things you talk about in your books, and you and I have talked about, is customer service. And, of course, that topic gets kicked around in, in almost every business meeting, or not business, but, I mean, in in any kind of business group where business people are just discussing their business. It's always a complaint about can't find people to deliver the service, whatever. It's at an all-time low. How can it be reinfused back into business? How can we truly change our customer service other than complaining about it? Well, is for one thing, to take the, the focus away from, oh, that's so-and-so down the hall. Uh, that's their job to do that. Those those kids that are sitting there on those phone lines, they're at that call center, that's their job. No, the, the, there needs to be a customer-focused, customer service mentality uh, in everybody's job description. I would like to see, and I've written about that in the book too. By the way, I mean, you know, there's a formula to these books. There's something about each of these topics in each book. And, you know, whereas some people only write about one of those topics in their book, I'm trying to write about them from the big picture perspective. In my professional opinion, 
uh, customer service in our society is an all-time low, and it's getting worse. And part of it is because there's a presumption that somebody down the hall, that's their problem, that's their issue. I think that every employee of a small business needs to have their own strategic plan. And if their job description talks about, I will be more successful when I have contributed to the customer status of our company, I will be successful. And then they will talk in the job description. I advocate what's called a performance uh, uh, review-oriented description. Uh, it's not one I thought up. It's it's some very smart HR people have thought it up. But it basically ties every decision to a customer outcome. Uh, the current management philosophy in business, the problem with a lot of people in business is there are usually two management styles behind. You know, uh, some of the larger corporations are still living in the captain of industry style of business which went out of style, that style, management style went out in the 1920s. The current management style is called customer-focused management. There's a chapter about that in the book. <clears throat> and it takes the premise that every management decision needs to be tied to a customer outcome so that no longer is customer service dial and smile down the hall or something that we farm out to, to India it's something that every business decision factors in. And you start talking about customer outcomes with a company. What about companies that we're trying to acquire or team with? What about everybody in our supply chain? You know, in total quality management, we talk about uh, the, the seamlessness of the business offering and the experience meaning that every supplier and vendor who works with you should be on the same page. Uh, I just recently spoke back in March, uh, and I was the opening keynote at the International Total Quality Management Conference, and this year it was held in San Antonio. And what the, the message was quality is not just something that's role and function. It's not just something where you, you look at numbers and judge productivity based on somebody's metrics. It's how did those people come to refer business back to you? How did you get people, everyone wants likes on, on the internet. Everyone wants recognition. What are you doing to get those reviews symbolically as part of your corporate culture? And, and, and the more you think about it and plan about it, you're going you're gonna to do that. You know, you know who I think does that probably very well is the nonprofit community. I wrote about that when I did that book. I think, and I said when I was talking about that subject on the show a couple of years ago, if small businesses would be more nonprofit-esque and nonprofits would be more business-like, and that there was somehow a marrying of the two, it would be unbeatable. And, and meaning that small business has a heart and soul of, of doing well. We have, one of the things that Silver Fox is that we've done is we've judged in that Better Business Bureau awards program. And I've judged about 30 different awards programs for different organizations over the years, including the Malcolm Baldrige Quality Award. 
And I find as a judge, and I know that you've judged those entries before, every time you read one, you learn something. Every time you learn something, it gives you an educational idea that you can impart to a client. Sometimes we teach people uh, what we've most recently learned. You know, you, uh, your, your best ideas come from something you just learned and you just can't wait to teach it to other people. Uh, I learned that when I was 12 years old and the person I learned it from was Eleanor Roosevelt. You teach people what you most recently learned. But when you you think of the broader issue of customer service, how it, it it's the umbrella to everything. It's part of the big picture of business. It's not just a subset of branch five, business development. And you think of it that, then you think of all the other parts, uh, components. You can't have good customer service without having good products, good logistics, good, good follow through. I was involved uh, with a group you know, I give these case studies. Obviously, I don't talk about the bad ones that don't listen to me. Uh, but I was working with a group of trucking companies. And they were part of a national association. With the explosion of the Internet and just-in-time deliveries and all of that, someone has to deliver all those packages. They're not all delivered by drones. And they're not all delivered by Amazon. So the importance is all of those local trucking and logistics companies started putting their resources together. And how can we be better at delivering what we're doing? I was conducting a management retreat for them down in Atlanta, Georgia, and, my, and I, I gave them this barrage of suggestions. Uh, why are we surprised of that? And one of the things I said was, why can't anybody go on your website and get pricing? If I can go on a utility company's website and get comparisons of rates, you know, for electricity, why can't you tell people what it costs to ship packages? Your competitors can't. USPS can't. Amazon can. Why can't you? Oh, we never thought of it. That's customer-focused management. And then we did more research and found out that customers had been begging them just because some guy shows up for a seminar and is helping them with ideas. I later found out that other people had made the same suggestions. No one listened to them. So those are the, those issues. Customer-focused management is not just a management style. It's a mantra. Well, we're winding down in this series. Yeah. I appreciate all the time you've devoted to us and yeah. really carried us from soup to nuts. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed this series of conversations, our soup to nuts conversation entitled The Big Picture of Business with Mr. Hank Moore. You know, Hank's the author of a book entitled The Big Picture of Business, actually at this point, a two-volume set that provides tremendous insight into the operations and challenges of owning and managing a business in today's world. I encourage you to check it out online at amazon.com and in bookstores throughout America. Well, let's finish up. Uh, if you'd like to get uh, in touch with Hank Moore uh, to ask him a question or two or to inquire about some of the things that he offers, easy to do. Just go to hankmoore.com. That's Hank. More, more, M-O-O-R-E dot com. 
What's coming up in the second half of our show? Well, first of all, I'll recap uh, in my, from my perspective, the three-part series that we just finished with Hank Moore on the big picture of business. And then in our Did You Know segment, I'll take a quick look at the impact of computer hacking on small business today. And then finally, we'll wind up the show with our one best consult tip of the week. Has your business failed at Technology 101? So I encourage you to stay with us and we'll be right back with you. It's all business talk on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. right here on Lone Star Community Radio. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary sound wonderful? Or are you a veteran or a veteran spouse and think trying a peer group session through a local Horses and Heroes equine program might be worth trying? Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary, located in Grand Central Park by appointment only, is home to a growing number of rescued and donated horses. Visit our website at henryshomehorsesanctuary.org or check out our Facebook at Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary for more information. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. For business ideas and news you can use, join us on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Well, welcome back to the weekly business hour. This is Rick Schisler. I'm your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. I want to thank OneBestConsult.com. That's the number one, BestConsult.com, for being our sponsor and let you know that if you're an owner of a small business, I encourage you, please visit the site at onebestconsult.com. You'll find peer-to-peer discussions. You'll find an opportunity to submit questions to me about your business. And in fact, if you'd like to engage me on a regular basis as a mentor, I'm always open to taking on new clients. So again, visit us at one, the number one, bestconsult.com. Well, first thing I'm going to do today is uh, talk about or offer my perspective in a recap to the soup to nuts conversation we just finished with Hank Moore. But before I do that, I want to make a brief business announcement. You know, from time to time, there are educational opportunities that come along for small business, particularly small business owners. And I always like to make you aware of it. Uh, This is one in the greater Houston area. It's put on by Houston Community College. They're having their small business summit and expo. Uh, it's basically featuring leading and managing multiple generations in the workplace. They're going to have seminars. They're going to have an expo of business vendors there. I encourage you to check it out. And if you have time, on Thursday, June 13th, that's Thursday, June 13th, 8.30 to 2 o'clock, again, a number of lectures, panel discussions, opportunities to network with people, also check out some small business vendors. This is going to be held at the Houston Community College campus 
Hayleaf Hayes Campus, which is located at 2811 Hayes Road. That's in West Houston. And if you want more information or to buy a ticket, it's only $25 online. Contact SCORE Houston. That's SCORE Houston. Encourage you. Pick up some business education. I'm a big proponent of it. I think it helps you build a stronger and more successful business for you and your family. Well, let's just take a few minutes and kind of recap what we heard uh, the past three weeks, if you will, the three-part series from Mr. Hank Moore and the Big Picture of Business. I did get a question, uh, one I felt was kind of interesting from one of our listeners, uh, who is a small business owner and has only three employees. And basically his question was, hey, I'm a small guy. Uh, the big picture of business, is that just something that's, in my words, too big for me? And, you know, how can it help me? Well, the big thing that, or the thing, I say big thing, boy, I'm going to start playing on words there, but the thing about the big picture of business and the discussion that we had uh, for almost an hour of total time with Hank about this and in his books is that the big picture of business, every business, whether you're a solo or whether you have a 1,000 employees, you need to take in consideration the big picture. I mean, it's when you make those decisions on a day-to-day, week-to-week, year-to-year basis, taking a look at the big picture and how it impacts your business, even the business from the the email I received with three employees plus the owner, that's four people. There are big picture items. Big picture could mean your community, your neighborhood. It could mean your industry. It could mean the state you're in. It doesn't necessarily have to be the whole wide world, but take into consideration the big picture. You know, many things are part of the big picture of business, as mentioned by Hank in our discussions. Uh, One that always pops out at me is crisis management. You know, every business should take a little bit of time. Every business owner take a little bit of time. And I always say a little bit because business owners, small business owners typically say, well, I don't have enough time, but put together a, a, crisis management, disaster plan, if you will. I mean, what's going to happen if, say, you're in an area that from time to time is threatened with really bad weather, weather that causes floods, uh, tornadoes, weather that can shut your business down. If this happens on a, on a regular basis, maybe once a year, once every five years, who knows? But you need to take some time when you're not under the stress of the storm, so to speak, And you need to put together some ideas and what needs to be done, who needs to be called, what you need to do, how will you outsource, you know, whatever applies to your business. Uh, Because communication systems go down. How are you going to continue to serve your clients or your customers? Think about those things ahead of time. Doesn't take a lot of effort, but it's much, much better to do that when you're not under stress and your business has been shut down or perhaps even physically damaged and trying to make those decisions to keep yourself in business. Because when stress like that happens, we typically are just looking at how do we get our business back up, not necessarily looking how we keep ourselves in business. So I encourage you, the big picture of business, I take a look at the books, the big picture of business, two volume set. Hank has told me he's adding a third volume. I don't care how big you are, solo to 1,000 employees, there's good information and checklist in those books that'll help you. So. We're going to take another short break, and when we come back, I'm going to do uh, my Did You Know segment, and this week, I'm going to talk about why is your business a sitting duck for hackers? Small businesses are really sitting ducks, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Not sure who to turn to when you have a problem in your business? Listen to the Weekly Business Hour on Lone Star Community Radio. 
Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936 936- It's all business talk on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. right here on Lone Star Community Radio. You are listening to the weekly business hour, and this is Rick Schisler, your host. This is our segment, Did You Know? One of the things that just constantly amazes me is how vulnerable small businesses are allow themselves to be to hackers, to people looking to breach, obtain their data, business information. And I saw a statistic, and I've seen it again and again over the last three to six months, 60-plus percent of small and medium-sized businesses have been hit by some kind of data breach, over 60% of small business. That is a huge percentage. If you don't get that, that means only less than 40% of us have not been breached yet. And there are constantly stories published that I'm sure you've come across the damage that's being done to small businesses. It is amazing. The key to understanding, in my opinion, the hacking and the data breach that goes on, the cyber theft, is understand that these thieves are looking for weaknesses. And so when you think about your vulnerabilities to your systems, your information systems, your computer system, think about where am I weak? Well, first and foremost, your weakness is going to be yourself and your employees. Now, what am I saying? It's the human element, always a challenge, particularly in the digital world we live in. If you have, for an example, higher than average turnover, you have a turnover employees, that means people leave and they leave with certain information that might be critical to the operation of your system. So you have to have some kind of procedure or process in place when someone leaves that you change the passwords, you change this, you change that. It's going to be different for every business. But I think back to the days when I first started in business when we had a key to the front door or we had a a key to the alarm system and later a code. When someone left, we changed those things in many cases. So you've got to think about your own business and think about, if you will, the perimeter around your business data, the digital perimeter and make sure you're protected. Another way that employees can affect you is you don't train them. You don't warn them about putting personal information on your computer system. You don't warn them about opening email that's obviously a phishing 
situation. You've got to train and hold people accountable for doing that. It happens. I know. I have IT service companies as clients, and they still deal with it with their customers day in and day out. You don't have any kind of policy for your employees as far as bringing their own devices and connecting their devices into your system, which, again, can easily open a door to penetrate your digital perimeter. And then password changes. Your business has got to have some kind of policy or procedure for the employees to use the system. And one part of it is that you change passwords on a regular basis. It's just smart business. It's not hard to do. But if you don't think about your employees and yourself, it could be yourself because in a sense, you're an employee as well. Think about those issues. Another area that people are really vulnerable on, I believe, is you have staff that works remotely or they're on the road and they're mobile all the time. You have to bring their device, their laptop, their cell phone in and update it from time to time with the latest security patches. There are certain things that you have to do on-site at your business within your digital perimeter that will keep their systems working correctly. Plus, you have to protect those devices, such as when they go to a Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi area and having special software to protect hackers from uh, when they're sitting in McDonald's eating breakfast and using the laptop, the company laptop that someone sitting at the next table can't just hack into your entire system and come through the open door that that remote or mobile device presents. And the other thing I find, again, something that uh, does, quite frankly, amaze me is companies build their businesses, they add employees, they grow, they develop products, services, and they have no consistent IT support. You can't get by today by not having consistent, and I'm not talking about on call. I'm talking about have a plan. There are plenty of plans out there that IT service companies offer small businesses where you pay a regular, typically monthly fee, and they monitor your system. They take care of it. They update the patches. They take care of your digital perimeter. I kind of look at it as a twofold situation. You take care of your employees and make sure they're trained. Make sure you change things on a regular basis. Make sure you have a policy when people leave what you're going to do in case they carried off some kind of information that could be used to penetrate the perimeter then have an IT service company maintain the system itself because there's so much happening every day, new threats, new challenges, and only by having a good quality IT company can you even ever, ever hope to maintain your system. So did you know 60-plus percent of the small and medium-sized businesses in the last year have been hacked? Don't let yourself become a victim of the theft that's going on this is a serious, serious threat, perhaps even to the life of your business. So pay attention. If you've got questions, send me an email. Just send it to onebestconsult at gmail.com or visit our website at onebestconsult. That's the number, onebestconsult.com. Be glad to talk to you. Be glad to offer you some guidance. We're going to take our final break to the day, and then when we come back, I'm going to give you my One Best Consult tip of the week. Has your business failed? Technology 101, kind of a continuation of the discussion we just finished. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. For business ideas and news you can use, join us on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Want to check out the fastest growing sport in the world? 
It's right here in Conroe, Texas, and it's Roller Derby. Conroe Roller Derby is a nonprofit recreational league of women and men who want you to come and check out the fast-paced, hard-hitting game of roller derby. The Conroe Cutthroats practice at Rainbow Roller Rink on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. You can find our game schedule and more information on our website, www.conroerollerderby.com. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Not sure who to turn to when you have a problem in your business? Listen to the Weekly Business Hour on Lone Star Community Radio. Well, you're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and I want to thank you in advance for joining us. You've been with us the entire show. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we're in our final segment uh, where I give my one best consult tip of the week. Before I do that, I want to remind you that a podcast of the entire show today will be available midweek. Uh, for those who might have missed something or want to share part of the show with someone, simply go to the social media outlets, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, any of these outlets, or go directly to the station here, IRLoneStar.com, or to OneBestConsult.com, and you can listen in and also share that podcast. So I encourage you, listen to the podcast if you missed something, and by all means, please share it. Well, my One Best Consult tip of the week, has your business failed at Technology 101? Well, some may think if you've listened to the, the entire show today, I have technology of the brain right now, which I guess I kind of do. Uh, I had a conversation with some folks that work with Microsoft uh, back in last month, and we were talking about cyber threats, and they were asking me what I see and what I hear from my clients, from the listeners to the show. And, you know, it's it's just amazing to me that, uh, and I guess I've been amazed what that's the third time during the show, but technology, um, reality is right, and I hope everyone sees it, technology is becoming more and more a part of each and every business uh, in America and around the world. We're all getting connected one way or the other. I know there are some that are hesitant, some that are slow to do so, and I'm not uh, trying to downplay your needs and what you're doing, but generally, reality is we're getting more connected. We're getting more technology in our businesses, regardless of what type of business. And the first and foremost my advice to anybody is when you implement a new technology, whether it's a computer system, uh, simply upgrading your computer equipment, uh, setting up for mobile, uh, introducing a new system into your manufacturing process, uh, new equipment that's digitally connected, uh, package. Uh, you know, a lot of folks ship. Uh, they sell online or they take orders over the phone and they ship. 
technology is just really aggressive at that particular area, dealing with different shippers, all kinds of challenges. But what I want to say is don't go cheap. When you put a system in, don't look for the cheapest parts and pieces, software, whatever it takes, because if it fails, and I've seen businesses, I've walked into businesses where it fails on a regular basis. I wrote a blog last week that uh, was published entitled, Has Your Business Failed Technology 101? And in it, I share an, an example that occurred to me recently that I called up a local AC and heating company to schedule the summer checkup. The lady answered the phone. She had a very professional demeanor. Uh, I felt very comfortable talking to her. And then when she went to enter the computer system to pull up the appointment availability, the system wouldn't work. And it wouldn't work. And she tried again. And then she had to apologize and say, well, gosh, let me get a printout. And when she said she wanted to get a printout, that tells me that this system's probably failed more than once recently. So that they print out all their technician schedules and then enter the appointments by hand into that printout. Now think about that. To me, that business owner has failed technology 101 because they've got someone on the phone who seemed to be very professional, well-trained, empathetic to my needs, and they gave her a tool that fails. Again, probably on a regular basis. You don't want to put your business in that posture. You know, one of the things you can do besides buying equipment and paying what you need to pay uh, is you need to also be willing to use the best available resources in your area. For an example, if you have to buy or invest in a new computer system, hire someone to help you pick to spec and pick the right equipment and help so get someone to help you install it to update everything. Again, small business, particularly the ones with 10 or less employees, constantly try to do it themselves or use their brother-in-law or even their kids. And ultimately, if you stop for a minute, you go down the road 30, 60, 90 days after the installation, you're seeing that the system is constantly, maybe once, twice, 10 times a day, failing. And they say, well, I only spent this much and they just kind of roll through it. Let me assure you, you are dragging your business down if it happens once a day, even once a week. Once a month might be acceptable if it's not too long, but reality is you are not investing in a positive way in your business. Another area people fail is training their employees. You've got to train people how to use the modernization and technology you install. Don't go cheap here. I worked for a uh, law firm at one point in my career, put a new phone system in. People came in that installed the system. They sent trainers in. They had group sessions. But then they came back every day for two weeks, checked in with everybody on the system in the business to see if we had any questions. And let me tell you, nobody had issues at the end of the two weeks with that phone system. That business didn't want to bog down with a phone system that its employees didn't know how to operate. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today, and I encourage you, please put a note on your calendar to join us again next Monday right here on IRLoneStar.com at 11 a.m. when we'll be joined by Doug Thorpe. Doug's a business leader and author, and our next Soup to Nuts conversation featuring Doug will be about leadership and leading your own business. And again, look for a podcast of today's show on the weekly business hour page of IRLoneStar.com and on our Facebook and YouTube later in the week. Thank you for joining us. And remember to stay in touch with what's happening in Montgomery County right here on Lone Star Community Radio. And until next week, stay engaged. 
Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about this show, to be a guest or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-3776 to leave a message or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com. 